This is HPR episode 1827 entitled, How I Make Bread. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 19 minutes long. The summary is, I've been making my own bread for nearly 40 years, and I thought I'd share my methods. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Dave Morris. So now I'm going to talk about how I make bread. Ken Fallon was asking for advice on bread making um, on a recent community news recording. Well, I don't know if he's had much feedback, but um, I've been making my own bread for quite some time and I thought I'd uh, pipe up and and, uh, do a show on the subject. Uh, Frank Bell also did an excellent show on the subject in 2013. I've put a link to it in the show notes. Well, I remember my mum making bread or having a go at it when I was a kid. Uh, we were, my sister and I were both excited about the exercise. It smelt really nice um, as it was preparing and cooking and everything. But when it came out of the oven, it uh, hadn't risen very much. It looked a bit like a brick. It was a subject of uh, much family humour. Uh, we cut it up and, uh, and ate it. <laughs> it was really nice, but it wasn't really quite the way she expected it to be she i think don't think she had a go after that i think she just gave up after that first attempt which is a bit sad anyway i always felt that uh, it would be fun to have a go at doing that myself by the time i'd left home and um, got my first job i uh, one of the first things i bought myself was a, a food mixer a kenwood chef which is a popular brand in the uk and um it came with some bread recipes, and it also came with uh, accessories, including a dough hook, which let me um, knead the dough. So I had an experiment with various recipes, and uh, had some successes, some failures, and kept on experimenting with it, and got better. Ended up making all sorts of different types of loaves and rolls, and uh, had a go at bagels once, which are not a lot of fun to do. I've not bothered too much since then. I, uh, I did quite a lot of pita bread, which is uh, which is a bread with a pocket in it for a quick way of making sandwiches. We made pizzas, pizza bases and that sort of stuff. Anyway, since then, I've been making my own bread. And I don't think there's been any breaks, really. I haven't bought much bread from shops, unless I come across some really, really good, high-quality bread in a in the sort of shop that sells that type of thing but it's usually too expensive so it's a lot cheaper to make my own i used the kenwood chef for many many years in fact uh, the first one uh, fell apart um, i think the the early models perhaps weren't that brilliant making bread because the gearboxes seemed to break that business of kneading bread 
does doesn't do a good thing to the uh, to the 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 sort of planetary gearbox on them, and it doesn't uh, anyway it didn't um, behave all that well. And I bought a second one. I don't know how many years that lasted, but it did actually break down eventually. And I've got a third one now, and uh, been using that quite happily. I tend when my my kids are small, I used to make bread with the food mixer. But as they grew up and life just seemed to get a lot more busy, I invested in a, a bread maker. So I now have a Panasonic bread maker. I went through a few of these as well. And uh, I use that primarily because it's just so simple to uh, measure out ingredients, chuck it in the thing and leave it to uh, to do the rest. You can put the fill the bread maker up at night and then get up to fresh bread but I don't usually do that. Anyway for this this episode I decided to go back to one of my older recipes. It's the one that makes two one pound loaves. It says one pound on the recipe because it's an old recipe and uh, I it's a sort of adaptation from one of the ones that came with the Kenwood Chef. It uses wholemeal flour. I'm quite keen on wholemeal bread. I've included a PDF copy of this recipe along with the, the notes. There are long show notes for this um, episode, by the way. Hopefully you found them. So in my notes, I've um, put some pictures. What I've done is to is to make thumbnails of the pictures, and uh, they're clickable, so you can see the full picture by clicking on them. And to start with, talk a bit about the flour I used for this one. This is one I do use from time to time. It's a, I used a mixture of wholemeal flour and white flour. And I probably used about 80% wholemeal and 20% white. Now, you'll see on the, the picture that they're referred to as strong, strong plain or extra strong. This is, I think it's a terminology that's used mainly in the UK. Basically, it means a high gluten flour. And I think high gluten flours tend to come from winter wheat. So I think there's a Canadian type of wheat, which is... Uh, a win- winter wheat, or it's, I think it's known as hard spring wheat. Hard seems to be a term you hear in relation to the the wheat as well. It means it's high gluten. Not quite sure about the, uh, the the farming aspect of this. Be quite interesting to delve into that, but I've never done it. Anyway, high gluten wheats make a more elastic dough, and the more gluten there is means that the bread rises better. You can make bread with a low gluten dough, the sort of so-called soft flour that you would use to make cakes, but it doesn't rise so well and doesn't. it makes a sort of more crumbly, soft-textured bread, whereas the high-gluten ones are more elastic and if you cut a slice, the slice doesn't fall apart in your hands. So I mentioned the food mixer. There's a picture of it, the actual one, and uh, it's about 20 years old now, I reckon, I don't remember exactly when I bought bought that one. I did buy a fair number of attachments for it. And the thing about the chef, and probably quite a lot of that type of mixer, is that you can add lots of other attachments to it. Um, obviously, I've got the, the beater things that I've shown in the picture. But I've also got a coffee grinder, which does a pretty good job, actually. Of uh, It's a burr grinder, which is said to be the best for, for grinding coffee. I've even got a wheat mill. But coming by good quality wheat to mill yourself, not that easy actually. I don't, I haven't found it much. You can mill other things like rice and uh, other grains. I've not done a huge lot of that, I have to say. 
bit of a gimmick, I suppose, really. So, as you'll see from the recipe, the first thing to do is to mix together, weigh out and mix together the, the flour and add salt. And I put a picture of the, the flours mixed together with some salt. And a, um, you then need to take the dried yeast. I'm using uh, dried yeast that you buy in the supermarket. And uh, it's active yeast. It only it doesn't last a huge long, long time, a year or something like that. It's got a um, use by date for. Uh, it needs to be mixed into warm water with some sugar, and the sugar is necessary to for it to feed on. And the water needs to be warm, and it needs to be not too warm. 110 degrees is uh, is what I've said in the recipe. So. That's 110 Fahrenheit. The if you do this and you mix mix them together, the the yeast starts to froth, and you can see it in the picture. You can use fresh yeast if you can get it. I have managed to do so in the past. I don't know exactly where I would get it these days. It's not sold in the sort of places it used to be. I guess people don't make their own bread with fresh yeast very much these days. Might be wrong at that, but I've not come across anywhere anywhere selling it in my locality. But if you can get it, it's really nice. It, it does make a nicer, I think, a nicer, nicer bread, and it becomes active very quickly. You do, you still need to mix it up and uh, activate it in a similar way. So mixing together the ingredients with the water. So there's flour, the salt, um, the yeast, water, and some oil. The amount of oil that you add in this particular case is relatively small, but uh, some recipes require a little bit more. My bread maker, for example, takes takes three tablespoonfuls of oil, but it does take a bit more flour than this recipe does. So in my food mixer, and I tend to use it for this, uh, taking the dry ingredients and the, and mixing them with the water into a dough takes about three minutes. And uh, the dough hook works it and kneads it to a certain degree. It, it, it does a pretty good job, but... I reckon that you can do a better job if you take it out at that point and hand knead it for a while. So I've given some pictures of what it looked like as it came out of the mixer and then kneading it, which you put it onto a lightly floured surface and stretch it and then then fold it over itself and then stretch it again. And that ex- extends the... Um, the gluten which is a protein so it's long chain protein so it stretches it out and tends to uh, get it all sort of going in a similar direction so in my picture number eight you can see the finished dough which is very sort of soft and uh, and pliable that's really how you want it to look not too wet not too dry and uh, really nice and and flexible then i put it in a bowl and let it rise the um i started i actually put it in a bowl and put some some uh, cling film over the top i'm not sure what you call that in america is it saran wrap or something anyway um put that over the top and that's pretty good because it keeps it nice and uh, moist inside but i'd forgotten that in the past i've done this and the dough rises right up to the top of the the bowl and then it it, it sticks to the underside of the the film which is intensely annoying because you, you can't really get it off. So you lose some of the dough. And I, so I, I took the, the film off and threw it away and put a, a um, damp cloth over the top instead. Tea towel was what I used because that's got a quite a dense uh, weave to it. So you leave it for 
maybe I don't know the, the 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 amount of time varies. I don't really time it. I just wait to see if it's risen to the the top of the bowl, and um, it can be an hour or or more. Depends on the temperature. It was a nice warm day when I did this, so it rose very quickly. So it was it was uh, it was completely risen in an hour. I think it must have been. Picture eleven shows what it looks like when it's fully risen. Then you need to do the stage called knocking back, where you work the the dough a bit longer. So what you've got there is a, a flour dough with bubbles in it produced by the yeast, and you work this around so that you effectively spread the bubbles around a bit more which gives you a better texture so i put the dough in the in the mixer at this stage and and give it three minutes of uh, kneading in there although kneading it by hand would be would be just fine so the next stage is to let the bread rise again before you do that you need to prepare it for the whatever it is you're making in my case it was loaves two loaf tins these one pound tins as i mentioned so i had the flour i've forgotten what the quantity of flour was it says it in the recipe i haven't got that in front of me right now but uh, i divided it in two and then shaped it you really want to shape it so that the top is nice and smooth and the any seam as you sort of roll it into a sausage and then then uh, get it ready for the for the tin that the seam is underneath some people say to sort of flatten it out roll it into a, a sausage shape and tuck the ends in i don't normally bother too much with that um, once you've shaped it you need to put it in your your tins and they have to be greased before you you do this i normally just use a bit of margarine and just smear it on just to stop it sticking otherwise you're going to have a problem getting the the bread out once it's cooked for some reason, I decided this time to prod the dough and flatten it, flatten it into the tins. Actually, that was pretty stupid, I think. didn't affect it too much, but the, the work that had gone into making the top look nice uh, was all messed up by poking it with my fingers. So, probably best not to do that, actually. So anyway, I covered the two tins with that damp cloth again and left it for uh, another hour. You can see in picture 18 the, uh, the result. The, the dough is risen to the the top of the tin that's about right that's that's as far as you want to let it go you don't want it to i've had bread in the past where it's it's risen so much it's come out over the, the top of the tin and you you're in danger of it uh, expanding and sort of flopping flopping down over the side of the the tin making a strange shaped loaf if you do that this being a, a wholemeal loaf it won't rise as much as uh, maybe a whole uh, a com- 100% white flour type of loaf because the uh, the extra fibre in it tends to uh, make it rise less. But that's the sort of bread I like anyway. So picture 19 you can see I baked it in the oven 230 I think it was for about 30-35 minutes. You can just keep an eye on it to make sure it's not getting too dark. I have a fan oven so where it goes in the oven doesn't really matter very much. I do still go about halfway through the the cooking and turn the turn the um, the tins around just in case because my oven has a few hot spots even though it's a fan oven it's not a very good one you take it out of the tins pretty quickly and leave it to cool on a rack otherwise it the the, the moisture in it tends to stay in it and you end up with a rather wet unpleasant sort of loaf so putting it on the cooling rack also helps to to dry it out a bit which is desirable. 
and then the last picture 21 you can see i've uh, after it's cooled up and you best to let it cool first otherwise it will it's it's not got much structure to it i've started to slice it what i normally do is to slice up my bread and uh, freeze it once it's cool enough that is and then i find it keeps really well when i first started making it i would i would just keep a loaf um, avail- available in the in the kitchen and uh, cut slices off it when i needed them or whatever but uh, it goes off quite quickly um, it gets stale quickly quicker than maybe some commercial breads because they've got additives in to prevent this in many cases and it, it it will go stale quicker and also go moldy perhaps if you've if you've exposed it to uh, to the air a bit too long freezing it is better i find and plus also i used to or used to make fairly large batches of bread when i was um doing it for the family my kids are away now so they're, they're not bothered but um uh slicing it up Putting it in the freezer means you can go and take individual slices out and either let them thaw out to to use them to make a sandwich or something, or you can toast them straight from frozen. That's what I do. I normally have toast for breakfast with something uh, something healthy on the top. So that was my demonstration of a of a, a homemade loaf with the recipe to be going going by. Um, I quite like making bread from various mixtures of flour and one I make at the moment mixes a third each of wholemeal rye and spelt flour spelt being a, an old grain from an, an earlier an older form of wheat I think it was the Romans actually used to use it and they brought it to the UK if I remember correctly and I put sunflower seeds in this quite like seeded bread personally I tend to put poppy seeds and sesame seeds in a lot of breads that i use but some seeds are also very nice the one i make just now is is quite a heavy bread it's very very nice toasted but i quite like heavy heavy breads but this one i i cheat as i said in my notes i cheat with this one i make it in the bread maker if you use flours like rye if you like rye and spelt for that matter they are lower in gluten Rye is quite low in gluten. Spelt, spelt has a fair bit. And I've also been experimenting with buckwheat flour, uh, which I don't think has much gluten at all. But it has a lovely nutty taste. So I tend to mix that with other flours that have gluten. Otherwise you end up with that that brick of a loaf like my mum made all those years ago. My son, who's uh, used to... When he was little, he liked to come and help out with the bread making, which usually involved a fair bit of flour going on him and on the floor and stuff. But uh, he's um, somehow or other taken that away with him as he's got older. And uh, he makes a really good sourdough. And um, the sourdough, you, you use a piece of the starter to make your loaf rather than yeast. And uh, he's often left me his sourdough starter when he's away on holiday so to look after you have to feed it every every week so uh, personally i've not had a huge amount of success with sourdough i've made them but um it ends up with a really wet dough which i find quite hard to work properly he has it down down, uh, down to unreal art he makes a lovely loaf but uh, i need to get some lessons from him or possibly get him to do an hpr one day i've said this to him but he seems to duck the issue every time so anyway that was my personal story of bread making i hope it's useful to to somebody okay bye
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.